1: Welcome to Woodstock Nation. Your host, Marla Davies.
2: Hello, welcome to Woodstock Nation. We're all about Woodstock. Happened 50 years ago. I have to admit, I wish I was old enough to go to Woodstock. I would, you know, as a kid. And honestly, I don't even remember. Like the weekend of Woodstock, it's not even doesn't even come to my mind. My good friend Lori Z, also a music DJ and aficionado, do you remember the Woodstock? Do you remember it fifty years ago? Do you remember like, oh my gosh, this is Woodstock, and I really want to go to it, or are you just too busy playing with Barbie dolls?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had a preference for stuffed animals, but okay. Um, but I, I do. All I really remember is when the movie came out. Yes. Um, You know, and I was really into it, and I got the three, um,
2: it was three albums, you know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that was an amazing thing. So it's almost like we learned about Woodstock after the fact. We When it was happening, we had no idea it was happening.
3: Yeah, because we were too young, but... um I do have various friends and colleagues who uh, actually, I can think of at least one person I know who who went to it.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people went to it. And you're starting, these people are surfacing, you know, they're coming out, they go, I went to Woodstock. What an amazing, you know, what an amazing experience. I could have only just imagined how fantastic it would have been. But yeah, we were little kids. Yeah, the movie came. I don't even remember when I became conscious of Woodstock. I think it was my cousin, my hippie cousin from New Jersey. They were <laughs> hardcore hippies, and they just were totally into it. They were so into it. I mean, the girl, I mean, remember it was the summer that we went to visit them, and all these hippies came over, and the girls were, you know, ha- didn't shave under their armpits, and that, re- <laughs> that really freaked out a lot of people, like the older people.
3: Well, I recently read uh, Graham Nash's autobiography, and you do, I'm sure you know, that Crosby Stills and Nash were at that event.
2: Of course, and Neil Young had performed a set with them. They did an acoustic set and then an electric set.
3: Right. And in his book, he talks a lot about how that really was the beginning. Of, I mean, you ha- if you were a rock musician at that time and you weren't at Woodstock, then you missed out.
2: Right. I mean, Led Zeppelin had a chance to play and their manager, you know, they listen to their manager all the time, Peter Graham. And he told him, oh, don't worry about it. That's just not going to be anything. And that's like you, people can live with a lot of regret when they had like Joni Mitchell. I mean, she wrote the song Woodstock and she didn't get to go to Woodstock. And the story behind that is she was supposed to do,
3: I believe it was the Nick Cavett show.
2: Okay. Yeah.
3: The next day. And so her manager advised that she didn't go because he didn't want her to miss that opportunity. And yeah, she here, she wrote the Anthem. So,
2: (laughs) you know, it's all about life choices. So yeah, she wrote the (laughs) Anthem. What a beautiful song. Huge. Kid Crosby, Stills and Nash, you know, made of that song. But when you listen to the Joni Mitchell version, oh my, it's so beautiful and haunting and just, it's an incredible version. The original just beats all as far as I'm concerned.
3: Yeah. And um, it, it's true. It, it, well, yeah. I mean, it's really hard because I love Joni and Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young um, kind of in the same on the same level, but um, so I appreciate the, the individual uh, versions
2: Mm -hmm. um,
3: where I tend to just really go for, I I tend to go for the original version of a song usually. So a cover has to really be awesome for me to like it, but they, you know, Joni's. Yeah. Joni's is a, a very, um, Ethereal kind of take And yes. then uh, Theirs is
2: more rocked out for sure
3: Yeah rocked out they rocked it out And I, I like both of them very much
2: I always like to rock <laughs> <laughs> That never gets old for me <laughs> Never gets old Oh yeah. my um, uh, It's fun to reminisce about Woodstock Even though we never got to go We're living through the movie and the album We bought years later or who knows when
3: yeah, I, I know. Was Probably, I think I was probably in high school when I bought the album.
2: See, yeah, it was like years later. We were so beyond the curve there. But, you know, <laughs> better late than never. <laughs> and now People are still talking about how great Woodstock was. So there you have it. Well, Lori Z, thank you so much for joining us today on Woodstock Nation. Uh, and, of course, Woodstock Nation, the documentary coming out this year as well. Thanks again. Talk to you later, Lori Z my pleasure love you girl you too
1: welcome to Woodstock Nation your host Marla Davies
2: Well, let's listen to a little bit of Joni Mitchell as she introduces the song she wrote Woodstock
4: this uh, next song that I'm going to play is um, about one of these pop festivals that they've been having around the world lately Um, It's one that I didn't really get to go to. Um, I'd been playing the night before in Chicago with a a band, friends of mine, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young, etc., etc it was their first professional appearance and we were all kind of excited about it and the next night we were supposed to all play in Woodstock and I had to do a TV show the next day so I kind of got left behind because they were having problems getting people in and getting them back out again and everything so I stayed home in New York and I watched it on television all day <laughs> and saw everybody there playing and singing and it was really a nice festival I guess and from the looks of everything and well I wrote a little song for my friends to sing and and uh, for myself to sing as well and it's called Woodstock
2: how about if we listen to a little bit of Joni Mitchell's song here's her version of Woodstock
0: by the time we got to Woodstock we were half a million strong and everywhere there was song and And I dreamed I saw the bombers riding shotgun in the sky.
1: Welcome to Woodstock Nation. Your host, Marla Davies.
2: It is Woodstock Nation, and we've got more after
1: this. Woodstock Nation.
2: We've been listening to all these very cool versions of Woodstock. We heard Joni Mitchell's version. She wrote the song, so she's got the heart space there. But here is a version that's super cool that we found. It is David Crosby, along with Snarky Puppy, Becca Stevens, and Michelle Willis, recorded in 2016, doing their version of Woodstock.
0: And everywhere was a song and a celebration. And uh, I dreamed I saw the bombers riding shotguns the sky. We've got to get ourselves back to the God. We've got to get ourselves back to the God.
2: And we There's wouldn't no be one. doing the song Justice Woodstock if we did not play. The version recorded by Crosby Stills, Nash and Young. They made a huge hit of it back in 1970. This is recorded at the Fillmore East. Crosby Stills, Nash, and Young, and their version of Woodstock.
0: We
1: Woodstock Nation.
2: It's Woodstock Nation, the podcast, talking about the bands that didn't play Woodstock, which really sticks out. Of course, we talked about Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell was dating Graham Nash at the time, really, really did want to perform at Woodstock, but she ended up being on the Dick Cavett show instead. Did make her way into the history books by writing the song Woodstock Made Popular by Crosby Stills, Nash and Young. She said, You know what was so powerful? For the first time, kids saw that they were part of a greater organism. And that's true half a million people strong in a time of war that's always a tough situation and you know the kids really proved that they could live a peaceful definitely a peaceful environment some of the bands that weren't there jeff beck jeff beck was on the poster and broke up the band in july so they were not playing at woodstock but if you've got one of those commemorative posters from 1969 you'll see jeff beck also iron butterfly too they were on the bill Apparently, they were stuck at the airport, and their manager was demanding all these crazy things, the personal helicopter, special arrangements just for them, you know, the diva treatment. And you know what the situation was. And so, basically, they sent a wire back. You know, that's how long ago that was, a wire, right? They sent and basically told him, you know what? We don't need you guys. Forget it. Iron butterfly off the bill just like that. There was talk that the Beatles were supposed to be there. Lots of speculation about that because they couldn't get Well, John couldn't get his papers to work here in America. So that just denied everything there. Of course, you know, we already talked about Led Zeppelin. They should have been there, could have been there, denied it and regretted it. Simon and Garfunkel declined working on the uh, working at Woodstock, even showing up for Woodstock because they are working on a new record. The Moody Blues could have been there. They were also included in the original poster as performers and they backed out after taking a gig in Paris on the same weekend. Chicago, then they were the Chicago Transit Authority. I love that band. When I was a kid, oh, they were just my absolute favorite. Well, Bill Graham had a little bit of control over them and what he did was he moved some of their dates around because they were supposed to also play Woodstock and he ended up Getting them some dates at the Fillmore, the historic Fillmore, instead of playing at Woodstock, and then suddenly Chicago was double booked. And Bill's like, "Sorry guys, you got to play the Fillmore, and got to give up Woodstock." Ah, and then suddenly Santana, who Bill also managed, uh, they took Chicago slot. Peter Cetera said we were pretty peeved at him for that, regretted it, and all that good stuff. But Santana was, we as know, was a good break for Santana. Tommy James and the Shondells, they declined an invitation to play. They were really big. Remember Crystal Blue Persuasion? Uh, Tommy James later said, we could have been, you know, there at Woodstock. We were kicking ourselves. There we are in Hawaii. And my secretary calls us and said, yeah, listen, there's this pig farmer in upstate New York that wants you to play in his field. That's how they heard it. And they're like, what? Oh, hell no. So we passed on it. And then we realized what we missed a couple of days later. The Doors. They were considering also playing at the Woodstock. Canceled at the very last minute from the Woodstock Festival. According to Robbie Krieger, they turned it down because they thought it was going to be a second class repeat of the Monterey Pop Festival. They did regret that later. Of course, Monterey Pop, we always say uh, in the documentary that we're working on Woodstock Nation, the revolution evolution and life-changing magic of music festivals from Woodstock to today. But Monterey Pop was an amazing festival. It happened here in the Bay Area before Woodstock. And, you know, you really could, you could maybe get over, you know, get in a little argument about what really started it because that was an amazing festival. That is where Hendrix burnt his guitar on stage we were there shooting uh, at Cali Roots for the documentary Woodstock Nation. And there is the that is the same exact stage 50 years ago. What a monument, right? And there is the Hendrix burn mark on the stage. So that's pretty cool. Janice played there so many of the big names. So you could almost say it really Monterey Pop was the big festival at the time. Jethro Tull also declined. And according to frontman Ian Anderson, he knew it was going to be a big deal. And he's like, uh, yeah. I know it's going to be a big deal, but I really don't like hippies and I'm really not that big on naked people and heavy drinking and drug use. So they declined also playing. There was talk about the Rolling Stones playing Uh, Mick Jagger. I guess there was a point maybe they were going to play. Mick Jagger was in Australia filming. Uh, Keith Richards' girlfriend had just given birth to their son. So they bowed out too. So there's a lot of potential and a lot of bands that could have been, might have been, should have been, just didn't make the cut.
1: Woodstock Nation.
2: Today we've been listening to versions of Woodstock, the original song done in different ways, and of course talking about the bands that did not play Woodstock. And the rest is history. It's Woodstock Nation. Any music used in Woodstock Nation, the podcast, is owned by the artist and is used for education and illustration purposes only. Woodstock Nation, the podcast, in association with Woodstock Nation, the documentary, to be released in 2019. It's brought to you by the wonderful people at Green Age Development. Talk to you next time. Peace,
1: peace, love, and thanks for being part of the tribe. From Marla Davies and everyone here at Woodstock Nation. Tune in, turn on, next week. It's NFL Draft Season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.